On today's episode of The Savvy Marketer, I'll be talking to the sales whisperer, Wes Schaefer. Now, Wes has been in sales or sales coaching for 26 years, and I've been in marketing for 23 years. So he and I are going to sit down and we're going to compare notes, and we're going to talk about some things that sales and marketing people can learn from one another. Whether you're in sales or you're in marketing or you're a leader who just wants your sales and your marketing people to work more effectively together, we're going to talk about one simple thing that everybody can do to kind of eliminate those adversarial relationships and to start hitting goals together. But first, a marketing moment. So when I have time, I sometimes get to play keys as a guest in a local band. And this band plays almost every night throughout the summer. And in this particular band, they have a really interesting policy. Whenever somebody comes up and requests, hey, why don't you guys play Freebird? And, and somebody often does come up and make that request. The band says this. They say, yeah, we'll play it for a $100 tip. That usually puts it to rest. Usually somebody isn't, doesn't want to hear the song that bad. People love to request the song Freebird, and most bands really hate to play it. I think because the song's overplayed and because most bands have played it so much themselves, they're just absolutely sick of it. So what in the heck does this have to do with marketing? Well, I think the free bird principle is at play with marketing and it often holds people back from getting the full results that they could. You may have a tagline or an ad or a jingle or a video, and maybe it's great. Maybe it's still performing really well, but maybe you're sick of it because you see it every stinking day. And so you assume that everybody else is sick of seeing it too. So you pull it, you swap it for something else. You go back to the drawing board and come up with a completely new idea. And maybe you're really excited about this new thing that you're going to launch. And it's possible the thing you build performs better than what you had before, but it's also possible, in fact, it's even likely that the new thing you roll out, the first draft of that new thing you roll out is is not going to perform as well as that proven thing that you had before. I'm not suggesting that you avoid trying new things, but... I think the mistake that a lot of marketers make is they assume that it's time to throw away something old and replace it with something new simply because they're tired of looking at it. They assume that everybody else is tired of it too. Split test your new ideas while recognizing that that old thing that you're tired of may have a lot more life in it than you realize. And that is your marketing moment. So I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Wes Schaefer, the sales whisperer. Wes, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And what caused you to start the sales whisperer? I am a pig-headed, unemployable jackass because uh, we're just keeping it real, right? <laughs> You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in corporate America for about a decade, and um, I was in technology sales, and, and I was in the telecom industry for a while, selling into that, and it was very chaotic in the early 2000s. Uh, and even though I was making good money, uh, it was just it was tumultuous. Um, lots of layoffs, reorganizations, and I w- went to a new startup, and, and the same thing there, high flying, and then, and then they bit off more than they could chew, and restructuring. I was like, man, this is a mess, right? But I was always studying and learning. I was buying courses and books and going to events, even if the company wouldn't pay for it. I just, you know, I was hungry to learn, and yeah, I uh, I took a twelve week teleclass. Um, man, you had to sign up in late. In late 05, back then, I mean, it was just different technology. It was a different company. It was like their only remote class. Everything else was in person. And yeah. um, 
but man, you got to, there was no video, there was no social media, there was no Facebook groups. Um, you got a PDF and 12 calls. Yeah. And, and I clicked with this guy and he kind of became my sales mentor. I partnered with him licensing his material and that gave me the, the foundation to launch the, the sales whisperer. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, um, I got laid off. I, we were on vacation. We were camping at the river. In-laws were there. We had the boat, RVs, and they, they called me on my birthday on vacation to lay oh. me off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. <You> jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was, I'd laid the foundation and I'd, I was already starting doing some little side things with the sales whisperer. So, you know, I went, I went all in, in yeah. early, early 2007. I wonder how many people I also was in a job transition shortly before starting. Actually, I'd been laid off and then I started another into another job and I saw the writing on the wall. It's like they were two paychecks behind on paying me. Oh man. And so it's like, I, um, started my company. And I just wonder how many people actually have all the things figured out versus just a big disruption like that, that causes somebody to, to get started. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they're, they're blindsided by this. So I'm interested, Wes, you um, have a background in the air force. Is that right? Right. Cool. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, man. And how did you, um, how did you get into sales? I jumped right in. I, um, was that right after the air force? Yeah. I mean, I, I left the air force to jump into sales. When you aren't working, what are you most passionate about? Oh, man. Uh, as a hobby, I'd say Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, we got a big old family. Got I'll be a grandfather for the first time in a couple of months. Got one in June, one in mm -hmm. August. Two kids got married last year, and they're both having babies this year. That's awesome. <laughs> so I love the timing of our show. Um, last week's episode was about account-based marketing. And I'm uh, talking about how to make sales and marketing work together. And I've been doing marketing uh, for like 23 years. And, Dude, um, you're old. <laughs> I yeah, like right out of college, I've been is when I when I started doing marketing. And I'm talking to a guy who's been doing sales for what 26? 26 years. years. Okay, so I um, I think it's interesting. We, we're both. And, and I don't want to pigeonhole you either because you do a lot of stuff with, with marketing as, as well and how these things work together. But I just think I like this conversation today is we're thinking with account-based marketing, how sales and marketing work together. And I think this is often a challenge that marketers and salespeople see things, see the world very differently. And often it's hard for them to figure out how they can work together. And so why do you think it's so hard for in a lot of companies for sales and marketing to make things happen together? Yeah, they always struggle. It's 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 a shame, but hey, if they didn't, if they got along, then you you and I probably wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> How so? Um, well, because they're they are they are bickering, so it's like they need outsiders to come in and augment what they do because they're not cohesive. Yeah. Um, so like, okay, I'll, I'll come in and help you fix things, and <laughs> but. I mean, it's some of it's human nature. Uh, you know, if you read the e-myth, you know, Michael Gerber talks about, you know, the myth of being an entrepreneur. Most people are technicians, yeah. you know, with fits of entrepreneurism. So they are doers. They are creators of the widget. Then there's demand. Like, oh, crap. Well, I got to have salespeople. I got to have marketing. And there's just, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about uh, 
what is sales, what is marketing. Very few people will ever embrace sales. Oh, I'm an account executive. I'm a, I'm a customer enjoyment evangelist. All these words. Like, oh, you're a salesperson. Oh, I'm not in sales. Everybody's in sales. Yeah. Right. You know, we, you read in the Bible, right? When two or more gathered in my name, there I am. Well, when two or more people meet, someone is selling. Someone mm. becomes the alpha in that group. You know, you had to sell me. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? That's a sale. Sure. Right. Yeah. My wife will come home. Hey, you want to go out to eat? Somebody's got to. She's yeah. selling me. You know, right. she'll say, you know, like, hey, do you want to like the other day? He's like, do you want to run to. Home Depot and get these things for the backyard. My answer was yes, honey, I do. I just drop my stuff and I walk to the car. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, a sale is being made. People yeah. look, it's like, it's like fish don't understand that they're wet. Go look at your typical grocery store. The produce, I think 99 times out of a hundred, maybe a hundred out of a hundred is on the right hand side because people are right-handed. We enter on the right hand and we drive on the right right side of the road. We go to the right. We get the vegetables. Why do they put it there? Because they know, they've studied this. We've done something good, something responsible. So we reward ourselves as we walk through the store mm -hmm. and we buy more junk that we don't need. Yeah. When you when you go to check out, what's at the checkout stand? All the candy right? and the, yeah. Candy, gum, mints. Uh, ESPN magazine, Sports Illustrated, Cosmopolitan, mm -hmm. National Enquirer, all the junk stuff. Yeah. Okay. Those are all upsells. So we are always being sold and marketed to. Yeah. And so, but people, they'll fight it. They don't, because they don't know. They don't understand that they're fish and that they're wet and that they're immersed in this. Yeah. And so, and, but the owner, right, the founder doesn't know this because they're the professional widget maker. And sales and marketing is just the necessary evil. So they just let them go do it. Right. And then they have different goals, different metrics. You know, this happened to me with that startup I was talking about that moved me out here to Texas, to California from Austin, Texas. Yeah. We were at a trade show in Vegas. It was a banking show. A prospect I had been calling on, they were from Monterey. And three of them walk up. And the marketing contractor we had interrupts our conversation and scans all three of their badges because she was paid by number of leads gathered at the trade show. Mm. <laughs> the reality was that was the CIO that I already knew yeah. and two of his assistants. It's nice to have the names of the assistants, but think about that. If, if we extrapolate that over the course of an entire show, let's say she scans, you know, 3000 names. Yeah. Out of those 3,000 names, even 300 names, out of those 300 names, only 100 are valid. Yeah. So she just tripled my work right. of people to follow up with. Yeah, because okay. her metric was based on leads. And my metric's based on sales. So then I say, you know, Wes, why aren't you making your numbers? I don't have good leads. Hey, marketing, why aren't you giving me leads? I gave them 300 names from just one trade show. Why didn't you close those sales? So it's like, who's right? By the time I called through all 300 names, I was I was two weeks late and I missed yeah. two big deals because I was calling all these that weren't well qualified. So people are on the same page, you know, but it happens all the time at every company, all the time. So when we think about that person at the trade show who's just scanning name tags to hit their marks, what do you think that marketing people fail to understand about salespeople? Yeah, your, your top salespeople are some of the best put together people that you'll meet, mm -hmm. right? Because they understand people. They understand motivation. They understand what makes people tick. 
Maybe it's just intuitive. Maybe they've applied themselves and grown intentionally. But great salespeople are great communicators. They build consensus. Uh, they minimize you know, chaos. Uh, and some economy companies will argue, so that dude's a bull in a china shop. They're bringing deals in. They're doing something right. Uh, but they, it can make a mess. But that's a different topic. So why does any conflict arise between spouses, between neighbors, between countries? Mm -hmm. Right? It's communication issues. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's intentional. Maybe somebody's got an ego. They got a chip on their shoulder. They want to pick a fight. You know, most people are interested in themselves, right? What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. So people are following their own agendas. Of course, marketing doesn't understand sales. And most salespeople, you know, hey, 50% of salespeople are below average. Right? <laughs> it's I mean, interesting how that works. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's just math. And everybody just wants to make their number and go home for dinner and go home and binge, you know, the latest Netflix series. The sales and marketing are no different than any other department, any other group of people. You know, I, I do work at my church. There's issues inside the church. Sure. You know, I, I volunteer, whatever, chamber of commerce, there's issues there. So, yeah, it's human nature. I'm still thinking about this, this marketing person who goes to the trade show and just starts scanning name tags. Are the KPIs driving people to the wrong end? You know, um, you've got marketing people who feel like, man, I want to keep my job. I got to deliver. I'm, I came, went to this trade show. I need to go back and show that I got it done. And so to their credit, they got, they hit their number because they had to hit their number. And sure. now the salespeople are following, making these calls and, and, and to poor quality leads or whatever, things that, that aren't qualified. Yeah. Is there a better way? Yeah. I mean, it's. But that's it, true in anything, right? There's the way the human brain works is, you know, hasn't changed in tens of thousands of years. Deep down, the you know the lizard brain is worried about getting the next meal. Yeah. So it defaults to jumping to conclusions. To marketers are like that. Salespeople are like that. Customers are like that. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, no, we're not buying. You know, they just shut you down. Yeah. You know, been there, done that. I've heard this before. Not interested. Oh, because you opened wrong. So yes, the the KPIs are typically wrong. Uh, yes, because of silos and egos and communication breakdown. Uh, so you know, really, at the end of the day, it's it boils down to people skills. Great salespeople understand how to read people. You know, I always tell my clients, you know, we as salespeople have to adjust how we sell to match how the prospect buys. Mm -hmm. And you have to do just as much selling inside of your company as outside of your company. Yeah. Right. And you have to help your prospect sell inside of their company. Cause look, you, you have a one hour meeting with them. The other 39 hours of that week, you're not there shaping that discussion. So how well did you arm that prospect, that champion, that internal coach to, to help go you and sell it to make that sale? And then are you selling internally? It's like I had, when I was with this test and measurement company, you know, we were selling like fiber optic testing and, but you know, selling test equipment. You know, we had some demo gear, and I was supposed to have whatever, like five pieces, big and small. You know, dude, I would have, I'd have 20, 30 pieces. I'd, I'd have half a million dollars worth of stuff mm -hmm. because I was friends with the demo people. Yeah. I kept a good inventory, kept it updated, replied to them in a timely manner because they had to account for everything. Yeah. So I'm selling internally. You know, and at that same company, I, dude, I had a Blackberry when Blackberries weren't cool. You look goofy, right? Holding this big <laughs> thing up to your head. People sure. are like, oh, is that a shoebox, Wes? 
I figured I, I befriended the IT guys, and I and and I think still to this day, when you get a phone, you get an email address from your provider. Nobody really knows what it is, but it's in nobody. There. You just don't need it anymore, right? Yeah. But but back then, I convinced my IT department because we didn't have IMAP, we didn't have a BlackBerry server, but they would BCC my phone email address. So I was getting emails on the road and responding immediately. Yeah, mm. when I got to my hotel, I'd have to sync up and go delete and whatever, file away all those emails. But I was doing deals right away. Yeah. Didn't have to wait. And I was making my number because I sold internally to the IT department. And look, that was, that was a two-minute task for them. It wasn't a big deal. Sure. But they liked you and they were, they were happy to help you out with it. They were willing to help. Yeah. Right. So you got to sell inside as well as outside. That includes selling the marketing department. Yeah. Good. And so I think one of the things that the takeaway here is that both marketing and sales have this survival mode, and maybe necessarily so in in, in a All lot of humans. company settings. Um, but one way to do it is to go at the other person and point fingers and get everybody riled up. And the other way would be you build rapport. You do all the things that you're trying to do with your sales prospect internally. And you figure out how you can help each other, how you can make each other look good, um, how you it. can build a relationship. Crazy. Huh? <laughs> it, it reminds me, when I was in high school, I made great friends with the lunch ladies. Every time I went through the line, I said, man, you guys, I would go back up and say, you guys did an especially good job today. Like, I just really enjoyed the lunch. And so before long, they would like put two cookies on my tray instead of one. <laughs> Dude, so look, I, w I was in high school. I went to this all-boy Catholic high school. Yeah. And I didn't know how to type. And uh, we had to have typewritten papers. Yeah. And um, my senior year, my dad, he was working in construction. And actually, second semester of my senior year, we were in Houston, and he had to go to Atlanta. So he left me the keys to the apartment, the checkbook, the keys to the truck. So I was on my own. You know, I wasn't even 18 years old. <laughs> but I befriended some of the secretaries at the school. Dude, they would type my papers during oh my their gosh. work hours. During work. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you had the, you had the youngest person to ever have a secretary, and it was yes. at the school. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> I got help. No kidding. That's amazing. 1980, late 87, early 88. That's great. <laughs> and I'll tell you how mine ended, Wes. My last day of my senior year. I was sitting in class and I had an announcement and they said, would Jeremy Harrison please report to the kitchen? <laughs> and I went down on my last day of school and they made me like a, I don't even remember what it was, but they're like, we're going to miss you. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. It pays. I think the lesson here is it pays to build rapport with the people that yeah, you're working I mean, alongside. Be nice. Have fun. Right. Yeah. The golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. It'll all work out. So Wes, we're about out of time, but I really enjoyed talking with you and it's gone really fast. I know I really enjoy seeing the things that you post on social and uh, you've always got a lot of good insights on there. How can people connect with you if they want to learn more about the Sales Whisperer and, and get to your content? Just go there, the Sales Whisperer, saleswhisperer.com. Everything's there, uh, my social media, my phone, ton of free tools. You know, I'd recommend everyone check out the uh, 12 Weeks to Peak program. It's a free accountability program free linkedin group uh support you through that cool um, you know i say welcome to the last hard quarter of your life mm. if you go through that program and, and stick with it and commit 
you'll dial in your sales and marketing yeah. uh, and even your fitness and, uh, and your personal life. And it's, it'll be onward and upward from there. Good stuff. I want to check that out too. So thanks for jumping on today, Wes. And uh, Yeah, man. My pleasure. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, good to see you. Hey, I want to thank you for watching today's episode of The Savvy Marketer. In every episode, we want to share stories and ideas that help marketing and sales leaders plan smarter strategy and build stronger teams. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and, and share it with other people in your company and in your network who need to see it. Every episode of The Savvy Marketer is brought to you by Spire. We're an Ohio-based marketing agency that helps you sharpen your strategy, get that work done, and make your marketing hum. Take your marketing higher with Spire.